Forgive me, Father. It calls to me, even in contemplation of your words. The smell of your crust, the way it sits in my belly. Look away. Welcome to a quarantine night of Dirty Four <laughs> podcast. I'm Claudio Capri, and with me I have an amazing local Montreal uh, actor. His name is Dominic DeRosa. He played Father Gabriel in the opening that you've just seen right now on Barkskins. And I'm very, very happy that he's here with us. So, Dominic, how are you, man? It's been a long time. Uh, I'm, I'm good, Claudio. Yourself? That's... Good, good. Thank you. Hey, look, we're all trying to keep sane during this. Exactly, uh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> So, so just before we go, uh, continue. So, the people who are tuned in, just say, uh, "Hey, how are you?" And uh, the people who are watching from Facebook Live, just get on to the Dirty Four YouTube, uh, like this page, and subscribe. So, uh, Dominic, the first question I want to ask you is: uh, So, you've been uh, obviously a low, uh, like an actor for for a while. So, what made you get into acting? Um, getting into acting, I, I've always enjoyed it since I was a kid. I like entertaining people, uh, you know, making them laugh and playing different characters. I started off in uh, elementary school. And when I got into high school, one of my teachers, uh, Kevin Woodhouse, uh, was an uh, English teacher, but he's also my drama teacher. He really mm-hmm. pulled it out of me to uh, you know, produce, uh, act on stage and do start with stage productions. And from that point on, I really uh, caught the bug and I wanted to, I said to myself, this is what I want to do with my life. You know, It's not always you know, roses, but I mean, yeah. it takes it takes work. I mean, you want to be you want to be an actor and in, in working actor, it takes work. It's a constant battle, you know. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So, so uh, working. Uh, so obviously, I you know we've seen you here in the opening of Barkskins. So transitioning mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, Mafia Inc. to Barkskins, yeah. how was it for you? Was it challenging? Was it not challenging? Like like like, how did you you know get yourself into character for this? Well, going from a uh, you know. A humble psychopath butcher killer to a uh, man of the cloth. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, the transition, I mean, for Barkskins, um, the transition was actually, you know, was most challenging because uh, my character was very quiet most of the time. He was always watching, see what everyone else is doing, uh, taking note of it. And then, you know, when you saw him there, he's speaking, he's breaking his vow. Uh, he had a vow of hunger. So he, he had to sneak away and eat some bread and then he feels guilty about it. And, you know, he's telling God, please don't look at me. Uh, I'm, I'm eating bread. And then what happens? Uh, he gets uh, he gets kidnapped, you know, yes, just for trying to sneak a few pieces of bread. So it's like. Ah, oh, man, maybe, you know, oh, man. See, so so whole moral of the story is, folks, 
don't sneak away bread so <laughs> so you can live. <laughs> Stick to resolutions. That's it. If you guys keep your mind on their eye on the prize at all times, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so, uh, obviously, as an actor, what is the one role you really, really want to do? Like the role you, your your dream role, basically. <sighs> What's it's a tall order there, Claudio. What's a, I mean. I've I've played a, a variety of different roles to date, and they've all been on my bucket list. Like you know, I've played a hitman, I've played a cop, I've played a doctor, I've played a priest. Um, the one that I'm going to be in that I just finished filming uh, mm-hmm. is a series called Fedzvai. It's in the okay. uh, it's for EC2. It's on the, it's a French TV series. It's the fourth and final season, and in that one I play uh, I, I it's a I play another bad 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 character, but uh, mm-hmm. he's the the boss. Okay. And I can't give you the character name yet because it hasn't been divulged. But uh, let's just say the theme of season four is uh, is narcos, as with Mexican drug cartel. Okay. Okay. So well, it's a I... bit uh, a bit different from like you know playing an Italian. Uh, it's a Latino Latino mixed uh, okay. themed uh, season. It's going to be very very um, explosive. That nice. I can I can promise you. Nice. So it's like Narcos uh, Amascouche or something like that. Yeah, Narcos <laughs> Quebec. You know, it's uh, it takes place. Yeah, exactly. It takes place in Mascouche, the uh, okay. the well, the uh, the town, the fictional town where they have it's well, it's not fictional, but it's Mascouche, and uh, they have to deal with uh, they've dealt with the Italian mob, they dealt with the bikers, they dealt mm-hmm. with uh, pff, locals, and now they're gonna deal with El Cartel. You know, so, so it's gonna yeah. be a very uh, like I said, very explosive, very interesting season. And it was uh, nice, nice very, again. very eloquent done with a jam-packed full of very talented actors from Quebec. Oh, nice. um, people that I, I've just met for the first time. And the talent, I, I got to say, the talent pool in Montreal uh, all around is, uh, for me, is, is, is really set high. I have, we're full of very, very talented people here all around. Oh, oh, and, and oh all yeah. Oh yeah, no, you know what? I I agree with you hundred percent. You know, going back on my thing, like you know, like that's where I saw you and, and and the whole cast and then working on other films as well. I'm like, holy crap, like you know, when people think when people were thinking about Montreal, they were thinking mm-hmm. about you know, just like you know, Quebec genre just like these these the, I would say not cheap, but Quebec genre like films, but there's so yeah. many there's so many talented people from you know French and the English and obviously the Italians and, 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 and all other ethnicities just coming together under one roof. Like, and every time I'm on set, like my, my jaw just drops because of how great mm-hmm. people are, you know, it's, and it's just, it, it's just fantastic. And, uh, you know, speaking about, you know, uh, about, you know, the, 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 the talent who's like, mm-hmm. who are like one or two actors, if you had to choose who are the one or two actors uh, of uh, that you want to work with? That I want to work with, mm-hmm. uh, and and like and like one or two actors from Montreal, or one or two actors from anywhere. Anywhere, anywhere. anywhere. That's put me in a spot like that. I mean, okay. so many to choose from. I mean, you know, it's like, um, well, uh, if I had to say, okay, I would like to be in a movie with so and so, it would be great. You know, um, not to put anybody on a pedestal or you know degrade anybody because everybody is i would actually love to love to work tom cruise to be quite honest with you um he seems like uh, a real fun person to be on set with uh you know there's uh, obviously there, I, i'll name more for a few of them mel gibson uh, uh okay. rob de niro like uh halle berry uh okay. michelle pfeiffer any like uh, people that have been around 
because you can learn so much from them because they've been on so many different sets and everyone everyone's come from the same place as an actor everyone started from the same bottom and they've all worked their way up you know and to hear the experiences and when you meet people um when i was working on Barkskins, and i was uh, had the pleasure of working with marcia k harden and mm -hmm. david through this and christian cook and like a whole slew of amazing talents globally um when you sit down you chat and everybody's on the same level and you talk like your old friends hey what's going on and you talk about your past experiences and upcoming projects and like what you've learned throughout the years and it's really nice to see so i mean i think any actor to work with any other actor no matter where they're from is a joy because you're going to learn off each other and you're going to grow in that sense in, in, in any area depending on what you're doing uh, whether it's in front of the camera or behind the camera because I've met a lot of people behind the camera directors and producers and ADs that are just amazing human beings oh yeah absolutely you know, just to be around okay okay well yeah no sorry if I put you on the spot by the way no no no, no it's just I mean it's <laughs> yeah a little bit on the spot there Claudio yeah you uh -huh. I, I want to work with you <laughs> you know but it's uh -huh. I, I, well we did work together I mean in that sense so uh, it's it's cool. I mean, it's 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 oh, a nice cool. profession to be in because you can uh, oh, always learn every day. Yeah, absolutely. Time. You know, there, you know, there's never a day say how oh, you know what I'm done learning. I have to learn every single day. So we have uh, people like Melanie Azaf. She says, "Hey guys, how are you?" And a Hi, podcast. Hey, Mel. So a podcast, Los Tabarnacos, asked this question: What do you guys <laughs> think of bad okay. blood? <laughs> so yeah, what, what do, you do think we of think? Well, I did audition. Actually, I did audition for Bad Blood for the second nice. season. Yeah, I did. Uh, I came very close, but uh, you know, Bad Blood is not badly written. It's a very well produced uh, show. All the actors are are fantastic in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, for sure, the story. Um, if you go with the first season, is not along the actual storyline because the second it came out, a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's not the way it was done. That's not the way it's supposed to be." Listen, mm -hmm. it's made for TV. Adaption for television. Yeah. So it's it's not it's it wasn't a bad series. It was <laughs> no pun intended. It wasn't a bad series. It was a very good series, a very well acted, um, and the story was told. It was told. It was adapted for television. So, mm -hmm. for that sense, I mean, I did enjoy watching it for sure because you want to see the art, how where they're taking the story, what part of the Rizzuto story was going to be in it. You know, what did you think of Bad uh, Blood, Claudio? I uh, honestly, okay. So the first season, um, it was it was not bad. Uh, it was for me, <laughs> it was, uh, like it was hard for me to get into it. Like even though it was six episodes, it was hard for me to get into it. But I love the fact that you know it it, it, it represented Montreal. You know exactly uh, the And you know what, I I, I kind of find Mafia Inc. and uh, Bad Blood season one. What I love about it is you know it's the fact that when you're watching these kind of films. Mm -hmm. You're watching as if it's you know it's Montreal. You know it's a local story that that, that happened while well, in your neighborhood. Yeah, and because you know it one way, where the way it was written out from over here. So when you yeah, see it on exactly. TV, you're yeah. expecting to see it as it was written or even told specifically yeah, exactly. from here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and that was the thing. And you know what? You 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 just you just hit the money on the ball. The ball of money, anyway, stupid saying. So I, I, I know what you mean. That's okay. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So no, so 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 that was a little problem that I had with it. Like you know, you're, okay. you're like you like they're telling a story, but I mean, like, I don't know. It was just production wise, I was not. Oh, oh man, I'm trying. I'm trying to be PG here. It's 
like the story was was very was well done. It was just you know the way it was like locally produced. That was them that I had issues with. Well, Mark Montefiore, who was also the producer of Letterkenny, um, produced Bad Blood. Did I think Mark? You guys did a phenomenal job. Don't 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 judge yourself. Um, yeah, most of, a lot of it was shot in Sudbury. They came here for two weeks and they shot yeah. the first season yeah. for two weeks to get the uh, Montreal shoots, all the different backgrounds and the yeah. uh, the areas. But like I said, the story was adapted. If you read the book uh, and you watch the story, there's still differences. It's not the same. But if you watch, you read the book Bad Blood, yeah. but uh, it's adapted for television. You can't show yeah, the real exactly. deal on TV. No, no, I know. No, HBO, I different story. Yeah, and they're great. I mean, they did, they did do it. They did show some, a lot of violence, you know, they, they, they showed, and I mean, it's not all about violence, but they, they, they got as deep as they could for, for television, you know, in that sense. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, but, uh, but, but, uh, and a lot of people think I'm crazy when I say this, um, like they, uh, like I enjoyed season two more than season one. Me too. I did as well. Okay, perfect. So, so, so wanna, everyone... I know why you did because the story was fictional. It wasn't a real story. <laughs> so, so that's why they they took a, they took some truths, but they stretched it out. And they made a fictional uh, story out of the second season, which uh, uh, I enjoyed it a lot more as well. I like, but it's it's like any TV show. You always like one season or two seasons better than the other one. Oh yeah, you know? no, absolutely, absolutely. But but see, the real reason why I enjoyed season two was because the acting—I don't know what it was—but the acting was, well, in my opinion, it was so much better than season one. That's I—I I don't know what it was. I'm just like, huh? You know what these actors are actually doing? Well, besides Kim Coates, because you know I love Kim Coates, and you know, and <sighs> amazing. And 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 and, and you, know, you should you should have been in season two. And I'm just saying. If, well, if Dylan Taylor, the the character I went for was played by Dylan Taylor, and he he did a very good job. He did a very, very, very good job. I mean, my hat, my hat off to him. You know, oh. uh, being a non-Italian playing an Italian, he did a, he did a good job. Oh you know? yeah. yeah, no, it was uh, it was honestly, honestly, like I was, I was, I was stunned, and then a lot of people like, oh, I, I know season two. It's like, what the hell? I'm like, listen, you know, it's okay, people. You don't know what you don't know what it's like to be in the industry. <laughs> and I was giving the whole spiel about uh, about you mm. know being uh, you know what it's like to be in the industry and how hard it is. So. Uh, I have a question. So, so do you ever yes. see yourself ever doing stand-up comedy? No. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, we, we, we talked about this in the past. Uh, we always touched on it in the past, you know. Um, yeah. I I enjoy uh, making people laugh. Um, sometimes there's a little wine involved. I get a little, you know, a little happy. Um, but I mean, uh, doing what you do, or with any of the Angel Tarukas, all these other, you know, great stand-up comedians. What they do is phenomenal to me. I, I don't see myself getting up there and doing a set. And, you know, what would I talk about? I, I couldn't even begin to think. But give me a character to play a comedic character in front of a camera. I'll take it. I'll, I'll make up my own dressing on it. And I'll, I'll spit out a character. And I'll have to make people laugh. But to do a set, I don't know. It's just that everyone has their own niche. That was not, that's not one of my niches, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, my hat's off to you guys. That, that, that get up there and, you know, it's, you know... If I, you know, fly or, or fall, you know, it's like, it's either you guys have a great set or you don't, oh, yeah, you know, no and you way. still get back up and you could the next day and you still, you know, and that, that takes a lot of, a lot of courage to do that. Oh, you know, honestly. Well, thank you. Wow. does, uh, like, as I was mentioning before, like the moment, like, uh, when, when the first curse was lifted, like we all got back on stage, was like trying to ride a bike, but I fell off for like a yeah. couple of times. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, 
Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, uh, obviously, now that you're in, uh, you know, like, well, obviously, you make films. Um, where do you see cinema heading within the next five years? You know, it's an interesting question because, I mean, with the, the pandemic going on and everything else, everything opening and closing, opening and closing, opening and closing. Um, cinema, like, for me, you want to see a movie, you got to see it on the big screen. Yeah. You have to have that experience. You have to sit there and have, you know, smell the popcorn and have the, the, the giant drink that you never finish, but you finish it anyways and you have to run to the bathroom as soon as the movie's over. But, I mean, unfortunately, the, the fact is now with, you know, we, they don't see when this is going to end and it's hurting. It's hurting a lot of the business because a lot of movies that are coming out, instead of seeing it in the, the, the way it's intended to be seen, you're going to be on digital download in the privacy of your home, on your phone, on your tablet, uh, you know, on your laptop, it does have the same punch and it's not giving, you know, the movies are not going to be raking in those. Uh, they made $400 million in the first two weeks. Yeah. It's not going to be the same thing anymore. You know, uh, Mulan, uh, which was one that my, uh, we wanted to see as a family, you know, we were waiting for it to come out in the theaters and it came on digital download. It was $35. And you're like 35 bucks. I'm home. But when you think about $35 to rent it, it's really not that much because you're, if you would have went to the movies, you know, 10, 10, 10, 10. I mean, I have four kids. My wife and I know we're six, 60 bucks. Plus, plus tax, plus, plus the popcorn, plus this. You know, you come out, you know, then you got to go for supper. So it's, it's a $400 day. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> like, you know, to rent it for $35 at home, you're like, it's really not that bad. But in the end, it's like you, you would prefer to see it in its form on the giant oh, yeah. screen. Oh, yeah. You know? No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, and you know what? Because at first I was like, you know what? Like, like, I love going to the cinema and you know, all like, that. And then when Mafia Inc. came out in uh, in theaters, I was so happy mm -hmm. to go see it. Yeah. Like, oh man, I worked on this for two months. I'm so happy. Now that you know, like Mafia Inc. or any other movie, I'm like, mm -hmm. huh, I hate watching movies at home, you know. But at the same time, you watch a movie at home, it's uh, I would say less expensive. Um, but at the same time, it's heartbreaking, you know. Uh, yeah, cause, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I, can, I mean, unfortunately, with like I said, with the pandemic, it's a coin toss every day. When you get up, what's going to happen? I mean, uh, I would just love to, you know, sprinkle. And the next morning, it's all gone. You know, David Copperfield, you can't come up with some kind of magical illusion to disappear everything. <laughs> uh, I, I would, that would be the greatest thing in the world. But, you know, right now, everybody's going to concentrate on, you know, staying safe and yeah. uh, making sure that uh, we, uh, we follow uh, at least enough to uh, make sure that we do have a tomorrow for everybody. Yeah, exactly. And I don't like being political. I don't like to really talk about this kind of stuff. But I mean, I I, I see it every day with, with the children going to school, and it gives me a. Actually, uh, yeah. I get I, I get nervous. You know, when my kids go to school. They're gonna oh, they're gonna come home. They can start coughing. Is it okay? Like you know, as a parent, like when you think about these things, like if it happens to me, whatever. But if it happens yeah. to me, who's gonna take care of them? Oh yeah. And who's gonna, you know, yeah. who's gonna be around? So that's, that's like. You know, I just I just hope the best for everybody and that uh, this we we get out of this this slump oh, and yeah. turn the page in that sense exactly. and move on and exactly. put it behind yeah. us. Yeah. No, like I well, because I have a friend, right? Because because well, because he also has kids, and you know, yeah. and he and he said it. He goes, you know, like last year when when one of my kids would cough, we'll be okay. But now when they come back from school and they're coughing, he's always on on the lookout. It goes. goes <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I just for sure. I mean, you, you can't even go out in public, no. and then someone calls. You'll clear the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was panic. What's going on? 
<laughs> oh man. Oh, man. But, yeah, are you still, are you, but are you still going for Halloween uh, this year? No, no, we're going to, uh, I bought a bunch of candy and uh, we're going to have a little party in the house. Kids are going to dress up, us too. You know, uh, yes, I have a costume. Um, and we're going to dress up and it's going to be Halloween inside the, the home this year. Anyways, we're in my area where I live, there's not much that, that goes on for Halloween. Usually we drive, you know, to a better neighborhood and we go for the candy <laughs> over there. But uh, this year, uh, I don't think anyone, I don't know if anybody's giving candy out this year. You can bring it home, wash it. You know, disinfect all your candy. I don't know. Oh man, like oh man, the last time you know what? The last time when that I went to uh, trick or treating was like three years ago. My niece and nephew, mm-hmm. and I made the slaves. I'm like, I'm like, all right, so kids go like like go go to each house, and I had a bag, and they came back with uh, little bags, and then I'm eating the candies along the way, and then they're like, hey, you're supposed to save it for for when we get home. Like my like, kids, we're gonna go to a better neighborhood. And we're gonna get non-toxic candies. Okay? That's it. Quality control. You gotta make sure everything's good. That's Quality it. control. Yeah. So, um, so are you a fan of The Sopranos? Uh, there, uh, Dominic. Oh, of course, I am. Oh, man. That was. Oh, man. Oh, oh, what a what a great series. What great a great series. series, especially that ending, eh? Yeah, I seriously, I I went nuts. I thought I thought my cable went out. What me a, too. What a, I was like, what's what's going on? Let's see. But I so, really thought my cable went out. But uh, yeah, it's one of those endings that uh, makes you keep thinking: what really happened? So, what do you so think? Many uh, by the way, um, uh, you know, folks, the Sopranos, you know, watch it. It's, well, a it's lot fun. of people say, like, you know, uh, I th- I don't know if David Chase actually did reveal what it meant, but did it mean the end of the story? Uh, did it mean because Tony got shot in the last second that way it went blank because you were seeing it through his eyes? And I'm just, like I don't know. Um, there's that so was, many theories. What oh, do you man. think? I, I mean, I think I think they just ended it like that just to keep people thinking, and it's not really an ending. Well, for me, there are two endings. Number one, okay. uh, you know, because because they were talking about bringing the Sopranos back. Well, with mm-hmm. Gene Scandolfini, you know, yeah, and that would have been awesome to see. Uh, you know, or it would have been an ending of where, yeah, you know, maybe maybe the whole family got whacked, uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh, you know, because that would have been that's possible. Uh, that's possible, you know, um, or you know, maybe uh, you know, like these open endings. Like I hate these open endings, you know, because there are so many, so much theories that's out there. You don't know which one is true, and it's like like there's actually one theory that I read. I was Christopher Maltesanti who came back, and he's the one who shot Tony. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I saw it something like, not with Christopher because, but I saw something similar. There was a thing on YouTube and they zoom in on Tony's eyes and it's Polly. You see Polly and, and Tony's eyes coming to shoot him at the end before it goes blank. I think you know somebody what? made it up, but I mean, that's like, it's not crazy. That You know what? I, I would perfectly, you know, I would agree with that. That, that makes perfect sense because he almost killed him, but that would yeah. make sense. You know what? You know what? I want to go with that theory that Polly killed Tony. <laughs> you know, because you know what? Yeah. You know what? Let's get David Chase on the show. Call him up. Yeah, Let's exactly. Get him on the show. We'll, yeah, uh, we'll speed, put him on speed. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Ask no, but him, you, know you know. But but because because I because in in a way I have sympathy for 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 Polly. You know, because Polly was always there. Yeah, Polly, you do. Yeah, you do. Because because I'm, I'm like. Polly is just a fifty while in the show. He was like a fifty year year, year old mamaluk. You know, uh, he never yeah. he never 
he never got well. Well, did he get promoted? That's the part where he, where he did. I won't. I mean, I I don't know what what um I figure which uh, season it was, but he promoted Silvio and Paulie together at the same time at the at the Lucas Stello Memorial. Yeah, and uh, he said you and Stiller package order something like that. You're going to be at the top together. So it's kind of like you know underbosses at the same time. But then later on, when he wanted to make uh, Polly a captain of a crew, Polly didn't want to do it. He said, "No, no, no, I don't want the job." He's like, "Come on, fine, I'll give it to somebody else." He's like, "Ah, okay, I'll do it." So I, it's really, yeah, I really get. You feel sorry because he doesn't. He never, he's never married. Doesn't have any kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's always. He seems always to be like a loner. Even when they show his house, it's just a a barca lounger, a TV, yeah. and there's exactly. nothing. There's like there's no furniture. Exactly, so. you know, and and then well, I mean, he was about to go in the other family, though. Yeah, he uh, wanted to switch over. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so you know what, the poly theory, you know what? You, know you never what, know. Me? You never know. Exactly, you never know. But, but I, I don't know. Like, I, uh, speaking of Sopranos, now next year there's going to be the Many Saints of Newark coming out. Yes. Yes. Oh man, and seeing uh, seeing Michael Gandolfini playing playing his uh, father. Yeah, that's something. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, he has big shoes to fill. At the same time, he's honoring his, his father at the same time. Oh yeah, so no, I, it's it's crazy how much he looks like his dad. It's really something. Does he? I don't yeah, know. he looks a lot. Yeah, he looks like his father. Well, for me, anyway. He never has his own uh, opinion, but I, I find he does. <laughs> now I, I I don't know. I'm like I'm like man, but see that that's gonna be a movie going going back to where we see cinema in five years. I think that movie is gonna go direct to HBO Max. It's possible. I mean, look at look at the Irishman. Yeah, directed, it was Netflix. There was very yeah. limited uh, screenings in New York, and yeah, direct to uh, oh, with the Netflix. Oh man, that should have been uh, that should have been in 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 cinemas. Uh, but, but would you ever work with Martin Scorsese? That would be that. Would be... Um, I I well, I did and I well I did inadvertently where I did work for him. Okay, inadvertently he was in a, a, he came on as an executive producer. For pieces of a woman, which I filmed last year with Shia LaBeouf and Vanessa Kirby. Okay. okay. And he jumped on he jumped on board as a uh, as executive producer a month or so prior to, to the uh, the Cannes Film Festival, not Cannes, but the the Venice Film Festival and the Toronto Film Festival. I was like floored when I saw that he joined uh, he joined us all. I mean, obviously right. during the filming, he wasn't involved, but like to have his name attached to a film that I'm in. You know, you, regardless uh, that it's not a huge role, it doesn't really matter. It's just for me on my rest. Like for me personally, as an actor, yeah, I was in a film, I was an executive, okay. executive producer, which is a bucket list, you know, check off for me. But uh, exactly. work from as a as an actor to him directing, yeah, that would be a that would be a dream. But I've been fortunate, very fortunate, working with a lot of good directors, nice. very amazing directors so far. Like you know, Bosch nice. to found that point, uh, uh, Jean-Jacques Arnaud, like uh, these are. Like for me, these are all like top guys that I've wanted to work with when I was younger and I had a chance to work with them, you know, starting to get now that I'm trying to get get my stride very knock on wood, very fortunate uh, being able to work in this industry. You know? Okay. No, awesome. Awesome. You know, I, and uh, by the way, I have someone who uh, who's asking this question. He goes, hey, isn't Dominic the guy who was in the big, big wolf on campus? Yes, I am. Yes, I played Tim TNT, Tim Tim Eckert and Big Wolf on Campus. Yeah. Okay. That was okay. when I first started off ooh, 20 years ago. That was my first big gig was uh, was big was uh, being on Big Wolf on Campus. Okay. Hi, and, uh, what, what's... <laughs> oh, 
Okay, no, no, it was just it was, because it was just someone normal because because they were passing. Hey, hey, isn't that because the guy was just yeah. he was looking? Goes, that's the guy from Big Wolf on campus. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. that's like. But uh, but uh, but how? No, you know, not that someone brought us up. Like, how did it feel working? Like you, you mentioned was well, was like a, your first major thing. How was it mm -hmm. working on Big Wolf on campus? How like it, uh, you know what? It was one of those experiences that it was my school. That's how I learned about the film industry, the tele on the television side, anyways, because uh -huh. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I got, I, I really uh, was fortunate enough to land a, a very decent role. I play half of TNT with my brother in arms, uh, Rob DeLeo, playing uh, Travis Eckert. And uh, I learned I learned how to how to look not to look at the camera, you know, how to walk around the camera, how to respond to everybody else, and everybody helped each other. You know, Rachel Lefebvre. I don't know if you know you know she's Rachel Lefebvre was on playing Twilight. She was in the show for the first season. She's an amazing talent. You know, Brandon Quinn, Danny Smith, Natalie Vance. You know, uh, so many. Uh, people that are have gone on to future uh, very good careers later on uh, mm -hmm. 20 years ago and yeah. we were all kids you know i was yeah. 19 years old i was 19 i mean i'm 41 now and i was 19 <laughs> years old when i started so it's like it's uh it's surreal to think about those times because it, it was uh it was it was very cool to be part of that you know it was my job i, I was working four or five days a week you know Six months straight, six months off. Second season, so we got picked up. Six months straight, six months off. Then the third season, we had like a year in between seasons. You know, mm -hmm. it's always about finances when it comes to these things, you know. And then we got picked up and back to work, and it was it. That was it. Oh, man. But uh, it was it was a cool experience, and I learned a lot, and I met. Uh, that's where I really got a feel, a real feel in the industry, uh, and it just made me love it that much more. You know, and it wasn't about you know the. Uh, uh, the trailers and this and that. It was just being able to work uh, to do what I love to do. Awesome. I love to the fam. It's the it's not about fame. It's about working. You know, exactly. fame will come and go, but the work yeah. has to be always there. And you oh, always absolutely. have to be hungry and have to strive for it. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It was uh, you know what and 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 people who don't work in the industry they say that too. It's like oh you're going for example oh you're going on mafia you're working on mafia Inc. you're working with Roland Emmerich on Midway, uh, so yeah. oh man like how, like like it's always the fame and the glory like like even like even stand up comedy you know they're, they're they're all like oh you know a lot of people like you I'm like you know what like I personally don't like you like like fame like fame the glamour like they don't come to me like i, I like i just want to work with people that you know have made it like i want to be I, like successful as them yeah you know what one day like success is going to come but but i want to but i want to see the people's knowledge i want to go on set i want to be like for example hey dom you know so how mm. are you yeah, i know uh, i've been in this i've been that yeah so 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 how, you know how often um you know are you doing this on set like like how like how do you go over your lines and this and then people are like hey you know Get for example, get get Pods' autograph or or get so and so. I'm like I'm like no, but when I'm there to work, like I'm actually there to work, you know, mm -hmm. and um and 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 that's the thing. Like uh like when I was on Midway, uh I, I was on the scene where you know the the, the enemy planes were coming through the boat and, and we're all on our knees making you know hopefully that the, the bomb's not gonna crash on the on the boat and, mm -hmm. and then people messaging me saying hey. You know, get get Dennis Quaid's autograph. I'm like, no, I'm not, I can't, I can't do that. You know, it's it's not me. You know, I mean, uh, I'm yeah. just there to my scene and leave when I can. You know, 
Ah, oh, man. But uh, that's it. So, so any kind of uh, favorite genre of films that you like there, uh, Dominic? Since um, I like them all. I mean, the one, my least favorite, and I've, I'll probably end up doing one one day, hopefully, is my least favorite is horror. Um, I have a very overactive imagination when it comes to horror, uh, even though I know it's fake. <laughs> that still freaks me out. For, it freaks me out really, but uh, it, it's okay. I know one day I'll end up playing in a horror movie, and that uh, they'd be like, "Wow, you really look scared." No, I was. I was scared. <laughs> even. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 yeah, I enjoy dramas. I enjoy action films. Uh, okay. I enjoy comedy. I, I, I like any genre. I mean, I, I like time period. I like period pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, Barkson was a period piece. Um, I, I, I like those because it's like you get to wear clothes that were you know from back in the day and like it's almost like you know what doesn't matter what period it could be the 70s it could be the the 1920s you know the 1850 you know cowboy western i mean it's just neat to be able to wear and dress up i mean in that fact uh in those period pieces and then it recreates uh, a theme to for that that's you know to, to some somebody sink your teeth in from that, those times you know yeah so no. yeah Oh man! But I was looking at because I was looking at the locations for Barkskins, and because 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 I heard about the novel as well, mm-hmm. and I'm like, throw my mask. Did you feel eerie when you were on set? I don't know. Like like for me, like I would feel. Oh, eerie. We were in the woods. We were in the middle of nowhere, man. Like, uh, um, well, well, we were well, we were filming at Wolbeck, which was the base camp of uh, in uh, Valcartier, uh-huh. uh, well, Saint Gabriel, the Valcartier, wherever. In that sense, um, it's a village, so I mean, it's fine. But when the night falls and you're walking outside those gates, I mean, I mean, you're talking about, you know, 15 foot high wooden pay, wooden trees that are pointed at the top. Like, you know, you're fenced in King Kong and they don't want to get out. Like what, that's what it looks like, you know, and you leave those giant gates that open up and it's just darkness. I mean, we're all, I remember one, one time we were filming and the way the lighting was done, it was super foggy and we're looking up. And like, could you imagine this? Like, would you, you know, you have all these weird things that go through your head, but the clouds were moving and it looked like a giant, like a, a dragon. It looks like a dragon, but it was just the clouds where they were separated, hovering over us. I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is how it ends. I want to, I'm going <laughs> to die. I'm like, like, um, I'm going to die here tonight. No, honestly. Yeah. Not- but, yeah, it's it's cool, man. I mean, the lot like uh, like the in Barskins, uh, the from episode five to episode seven, uh, to where uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, uh, I meet my demise. I'm sorry, you'll see it. Uh, this is the way it goes. My character meets his end, but I was uh, pegged down to the ground, Jesus, like a cross, like both my arms down, my legs straight, and I was, you know, wooden staked right into the ground. You know, they were courteous enough to let me up every hour or so, drink some water. Uh, you know, <laughs> you do anything, <laughs> sir. Uh, but it was like, it was very, very uh, tedious. I mean, they did all their best to make sure I was comfortable, uh, put heating pads underneath my back because being on the ground was very humid. Uh, and because we're talking about September. So when you're down on the ground in the morning, you, know, you feel it creeping into your bones. And uh, I was really that when I was filming Fed Zivai, my makeup uh, artist, Jennifer, she asked me, she goes, what was what you afraid of? I'm petrified of snakes. So I'm like, I could just imagine in my head, like I said, I'm just staked down. And I was just hoping that like, you know, a garter snake didn't come up to me and like crawl up my sleeve or something while I was being, because I mean, I would have been finished at that point. <laughs> I really freaked out. But uh, everyone had a good laugh about that one. Uh, Cause I said, they're like uh, a garter snake. I'm like, yeah, 
They're like, well, they don't bite them. It doesn't matter. They don't bite. It just snakes freak me out. Yeah, exactly. Period. This is, you know, snakes, spiders. I don't like it. I mean, I'm sure they're beautiful in their nature. Uh, they were here for reasons, but they freak me out. It's just, I don't like them. It's, no, you know, no. it's not a personal thing. Just, you know, it's the way it is. Uh, I, know, yeah. say um, I know, actually, no, the, the one scene I actually, you know what, here I was thinking, because on uh, for Mafia Inc., like we had to do in the, the exterior uh, scene in front, of a, in, in front of a bar, and it was really cold. Yeah, it was freezing it? outside. It was cold, eh? So, 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 oh, man. So, so the idiot <laughs> that I was, I'm like, nah, you know what, guys? We're not going to be outside for long, right? So I just came with a leather jacket. And then, and then I came with those, those, those really thin, uh, like, uh, thin colored pants. So, so we're standing here for like, for like 20 minutes. Like, guys, don't worry. This is going to be good. Like four hours, like four hours into it. Everyone still has their winter coats, but they still yeah. somehow. And then I'm just there, I'm like, guys, this is really good, guys. And then, and then the, and then the, um, the what's it called, makeup artist, like, is like, at Avude Gun, they have any uh, gloves? And I'm like, nah, I'm good. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I should have brought gloves. Meanwhile, everyone <laughs> getting, uh, you know, getting ready, getting warm. I'm like, you motherfuckers, you know what? But, well, why did you? Why didn't you ask for a jacket? Why they would have brought you one? So I had to be in character, Dominic. Okay. Wow, seriously, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> man. See, see, see. see. Know, man. <laughs> Actually, no, it's because I was on Home Alone as well. Oh, okay. How was that working on Home Alone? How was that? I auditioned like four times for that uh, to try and get a land a character. But I mean, it's okay. But still, how was the the experience of Home Alone working Honestly, with Dan? Well, Dan, I think Dan Mazer was is the director for that, eh? Yes, yes. So, okay. what, so, so actually, uh, so I was with uh, um, you know, a female actress because because she was an extra in there as well. So we were in okay. the kiosk in uh, I think it was in the West Island. Okay. So, so I had to do some uh, so I'm doing a scene where obviously like we have, we have to shop around these little uh, kiosk shops outside. Mm -hmm. So I'm walking with with her. That, that that's like the first 15 takes and there's a kid that keeps falling right in front of me okay mm -hmm. i didn't know this kid was the main character from home alone so oh, okay second take and then at one point I, I i just got i got frustrated i'm like i'm like i'm like is this kid mentally like is this what's wrong with this kid so i turned to the kid i'm like are you okay and then the producer's like sir um this is the protagonist for for the main movie i'm like you know what you're right. I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong. Okay. And then the producer just just looked at me and goes, wear your gloves because we're going to be here for the next eight hours. I'm like, ha, we're not. Ended up being 10 hours. Uh, uh, but, then, but then it was so fun because at one point, I remember like all of us extras, we were we were tired. So mm -hmm. so the kid was running around. So, so, so I was with, with two guys who were from Mafia Inc., so in the background, while the action was happening with the kid and the and, and the parents, we went up to a random kiosk, and I'm like, guys, they're not gonna, they're not going to hear us anyway. So in the background, like we're just pretending we're uh, we're muscling one of the guy who has the kiosks. So so I just took like the can, <laughs> it's on the floor, and, I, and then like in uh, I didn't say anything, but I pointed at him, and then like it was supposed to be like a cash where we, but uh, there was no money, so I pretend to take the money, and then we walk away, <laughs> and then my well. Uh, the friend that I was with this this tosses him into the snow, and then we pretend to go beat him up. Oh, it was great! It was a it was a great it was a great experience. We were on we were on set for like fourteen hours, but perfect, beautiful day. You know, every yeah, day is was, a good day. Every day is a good day. It was, it was 
except you know except except that you know we didn't see uh, that was those ice but you know uh, most of us were were like is this yeah. a Michael Bay film like why like why is there ice like and then like the um, the, the casting director for actors like all right guys so so pretend you're all skating to the kiosk I'm like I don't like I don't know how to skate like why am I doing <laughs> this so I'm with the extra we're, and I, and, I, and I'm falling like literally I think I fell like five times. It's fun, but you know what, Dom? Nothing, no, nothing is as is as torturing as you know, of, of what happened to you on Barkskins. Oh come on, no. falling down on ice—that's torturing, man. That, you could really hurt yourself. I was already tied down; I can't go any lower. I was—I mean, you know, it's just the way it is. <laughs> like, you know, falling down—it's uh, oh, it's hard work. Oh man, it was it was it was, but uh, ah oh, man, but uh, so now we've talked about you know roles you would like to do and mm -hmm. and. Now, I think you know where I'm going with this. What is the one role you really do not want to do? Like you, 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 you see yourself and you're like, no, I don't want to do this. I, you know, like I despise myself. Oh, I don't do nudes. I'll tell you that much. I don't, uh, you know, don't do the buff for the uh, camera. I really don't know. I, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I, uh, I, re I really, I really have to be something that's like, no, no, but. Um, uh, so far, like the roles that I go for, because I mean they go by your, 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 your the way you your physicality, the way you are. Yeah. Um, I don't, um, I don't think I would do any like you know, because um, there's all the, the reenactments this and that. Many things have to do with children or, or you know, you know what I mean, and pedophile stuff like that. I wouldn't do those types of roles. Some actors do them; they have no problems with it. I, I, I could not do that. Oh, It'd be very, uh, very difficult uh, for me to uh, say, yeah, that's a role I'm going to sink my teeth into. Them. I can't. Uh, my hat's yeah. off to the ones that do. I mean, they, they pull it off. They do a, a phenomenal job. I mean, I've seen a lot of these documentaries and films and actors have to play those roles. Somebody has to play them. But I could, yeah. I just thought, I'm not one that could probably pull it off. No, I, me neither. I, like, like, I got offered one, but I'm like, I can't. I can't do okay. it. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Especially for a stand-up comedian, I'm like, I like, like I don't want to be brought up as, a, oh yeah, no, he was, uh, he was in that show, and he, you're the guy, okay, yeah, you're the guy, like just going on a date, yeah, no, so I did this role, you know what, I gotta go, my mom, my mom, welcome to stage audio as Capri, you may know him as the, <laughs> no, <laughs> not me. <laughs> the child trafficker in this TikTok here. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Dom, uh, do you have any uh, any like any words of encouragement you want to tell people that are listening? Uh, I mean, watching, listening, giving thumbs up. Uh, um, I've I've said this before, but I, I always repeat the same. I always repeat the same thing because for me, this is what I, I stick to. Uh, I tell the same thing to my kids. Uh, if you want to be an actor, you want to be in this business. You have to cope well with rejection because 99.9% .9 of the time it's no that 0.1% is what you what you strive for so uh, being in this business is not a race it's a marathon it could take many years before you hone your craft and you become at, to the point where you want to be I've been at this for over 20, 20 25 years or so you know I'm just now going into my stride because I have a good support team around me that's helping good. me, that, you know, that's behind me for sure. You keep pursuing, you know, and the more you work, the more you practice, uh, even if you're just running lines at home, uh, 
doing your self tapes, you know, you become uh, more comfortable uh, doing the lines or memorizing things. So uh, if you think you're going to be a star overnight, don't get in this business. Uh, You know, if you want to work and and be uh, an actor, take your time, learn the steps. And, uh, and I st- I'm still learning even after all these years. Oh, and, and obviously, uh, you know, like what you, what you said is, is, is fantastic. And also uh, I want to add into like, you know, make, 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 uh, make mistakes too, right? For sure. You oh, have to man. make mistakes. I mean, being a stand-up comic, you can't make mistakes on some, it's life. You can't make mistakes. Being an actor, <laughs> you can always get another take. Yeah. If it wasn't good, they also, yeah, let's do that again. Uh, just bring more, more energy. More, no, yeah. bring it down. That's uh, you know, uh, you always get another take. But I mean, yeah. uh, people who, who work nine to five who go to their job every day, uh, the, the non-actors, non-entertainment. I mean, they don't get a second take. They screw up. They screw up. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, uh, it's a uh, you know, it's that balance. I mean, I play make believe for a living. Uh, how, how many? Uh, but I enjoy <laughs> doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I but how many like like if you don't mind me asking like how many uh, for a scene how many takes would you do if you don't mind me asking for what you for any scene in particular any scene in particular like, from from like when you started until now how many like how many scenes like how many times did you say oh fuck I messed up or or I got nervous I remember a lot my you life. know it's one of those things I mean in the beginning yeah I mean they, they would they would tell me okay Dom you're looking at the floor or you look at the camera or uh, talk slower, uh, enunciate on this, be higher in volume, you're too loud. <laughs> One of those things. Cause, uh, but uh, until now, um, I got to the point where, you know, I'll do one take, two takes, you know, maybe three sometimes, but it all depends on the director, what they're looking for. Sometimes they make you do it four or five times cause I want, and they'll make you do it different ways. Because mm-hmm. they need a, they want a different reaction every single time, okay. you know. Give me more energy. Give me less energy. Scream! Don't scream. Uh, laugh! And- cry! Uh, just so they have different choices when they do a final cut for a scene. Yeah. You know, if you can deliver that to what they want, it's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, when the yeah. director yells "cut," move on to the next scene. They're satisfied. It doesn't doesn't matter what you think yourself. They're happy with it. Nice. That's nice. Important. And also, and also, you gotta be patient, right? Because because you might work yeah. with with a newcomer and they're getting nervous and you don't really remember their lines. So, you know, you like you know, because I remember like I was on a short film, and yeah. for some reason, like I couldn't remember my lines. But 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 we spent like and and they were really courteous and they were like really patient. And I'm like, oh fuck, like I forgot my lines. Did it ever happen to you that you actually forgot of your course, lines? Hey, of course. My my second to la- no my j- j- I just finished my second to last day on Fedsvai, mm-hmm. um was a very big day for me, you know, okay. uh, very powerful scenes that were you know like I said it's a very explosive season. Yeah. Um, I could not retain. I knew the lines at home, no problem. Mm-hmm. The second I walked on the set, I lost everything. I couldn't remember anything. I pulled the director aside. I said to him. And I said to him, I said, Stefan, I said, um, I apologize. I can't remember nothing today. I'm having a very hard time retaining it. She said, don't worry. Don't worry. Take your time. It'll come to you. And he gave me a few minutes. He, would, he even played, um, he was playing some dark music, like, dum, like, you know, like, da-da-dum, like just yeah. music to get me into the mood. Mm-hmm. And he gave me that. And he's like, just feel the, feel the music. Just let it soak it in. 
And I appreciated that because not everybody takes the time to um, try and uh, adapt and pump the character. Like, you know, he wanted me to give him my best. So I walked around and, okay, think, 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 think. The second I got into position and he yelled action, I went off like a shotgun. To the point where, I mean, you won't, you won't see it, but to the point where I injured myself and I got cut and I was bleeding. And I kept going. I knew I was bleeding. Nobody else knew I was bleeding. I kept going. And they yelled cut. And he was like, that was great. That was really good. He goes, we're just going to do it again. I said, well, I need a medic. And he goes, what do you mean? And I went like this. And I was like full of blood. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like, he got me to the point where I was so pumped up because he was playing that music. And I was upset at myself. So I was using, trying to use my emotion to remember. But when you get upset because you can't remember something, you're just going to keep forgetting it. Yeah. And this, in this situation, it worked in my favor because I had to be upset. So I was trying to use that forgetting my lines to go through. But yeah, it does happen to everybody. <laughs> my it wife doesn't matter how many years of experience you have, it'll happen to everybody. You'll forget something, forget a line, forget a word, your cue. And it's okay because we're human. Yeah. Human error. Just the oh, way it exactly. is. Nobody, nobody, and and you know what? Like, not talking about stand-up comedy. Like, I was, I was on set, and I forgot my line, and then, and then, like, someone was saying they're delivering his line very well, and it was my turn, and I'm like, um, um, <laughs> uh, and I was nervous, and I was sweating, and then I, and then I think what I was wearing. Uh, the only thing I remember is that I was wearing the anti-perspirant deodorant. So, so, okay. so you smell my under. I'm like, um. I, I I got it. Well, yeah, well, because I, you don't have to memorize your lines. You got to memorize like the whole scene, how it's flowing, because your line could be in the middle of a big conversation. Yeah. So you're like, okay, uh, Billy will talk to Janice. Janice will talk to Tony. Tony's going to say something to Ralph. And then Ralph will say something back, and then, oh, it's my line. So you have to wait for the whole trajectory. And then, uh, and you, oh, it's my turn. But, you know, when you're thinking about it too much, you're going to miss your. Your cue, yeah, and it's yeah. and it's normal. It's gonna happen. It happens to everybody. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, and if you don't mind me asking this, so when you have to uh, you know uh, learn your lines for a specific character that you're doing, how mm -hmm. do you get into that mindset of a character? How do you tell I, yourself? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, my process uh, that um, I uh, I'll tell you some of my secrets. My process is I will. Uh, I try to come up, try to get as much as the character possible from the casting. You know, I'll ask mm -hmm. questions to the director. Okay, who, what's this person about? I will find clothes that are similar to the character. I'll dress up. I'll take photos of myself in character, okay. and I'll like uh, I'll, I'll put myself in like you know what the character would be doing, like a backstory. I would uh -huh. kind of like a vision board, and I'll start building my character that way. Okay, what is he doing? Would he be doing this? Uh, does he smoke? Is he a scotch drinker? Uh, does he is he does he like to cook? Does he wear uh, uh, you know white uh, tank tops at home? No shirt? Like you know, it's just I, I try and put myself in those situations. I'll take photos, kind of like a photo shoot, and I'll I'll make my vision board as I'm uh, trying to learn the lines. So I'll keep referring to the pictures, and then I'll do research on the care on if it's like a certain let's say it's a, a priest. I'll watch stuff that you know documentaries and I'll see how they move, how they 
how they are, how they speak, you know, how they're looking at people, um, their mannerisms, and and I, it's it's a long process. I mean, a lot of actors do that too. I, I'm assuming this. They, everyone does the research on how to formulate their character and make it come to life because it's just words mm -hmm. on paper. You know, it's harder playing a real person because then you really have to, oh, you yeah. have to study yeah. that person. But when it's a exactly. fictional character, it's you know you can kind of have that uh, that freedom to uh, create uh, somebody. You know? Okay, so it's cool. Okay, yeah, I know. Uh, and from what people were telling me, you know, like, like uh, well, from what I learned as well, like like portraying a fictional character is way harder. Than portraying a character that already exists in real life. Well, because you like, have no, you don't know who this person's from. You don't know what exactly. their backstory is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, you're you're one hundred percent right. Oh no! Like uh, like no, like because actually, believe it or not, like I actually had to do a little bit of research for a night shift. But people are like, yeah, you're playing a goon. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm playing a goon, but you know, like I want to, you know, be in that world, be in that character, you know, understanding. Yeah why he's there and it's uh it's not easy people it's not easy but uh well, i haven't seen it but congratulations i i hear good things about it to you guys the, the whole the whole cast and crew like you guys i hear very good things i read the article uh you. you know and uh i, I, I can't wait to see it. i haven't seen it yet but I, i'm I, i'm looking forward to seeing that thank you thank you and it was uh, well it was actually kind of a funny story of, of 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 how i got on night shift but uh it was really it's one of those where i i didn't i did not regret getting on there kind of stories okay. so, um so you know we're, we're since now we're talking about you know portraying characters what sure. is the one real character that you that that, that that was easy for you well not easy but you enjoyed huh. portraying the most real character um i mean like what do you mean a real character like a real person yeah exactly real person or a fictional character real person like real uh yeah real character um well i mean for like real character real real character was i mean the the part i played in mafia inc was based on a real person you know okay. they just changed his name i mean the character i just played mm -hmm. was also based it's a fictional character but it's based on a real persona mm -hmm. so like that's why i can't really talk about it but i mean i really had fun with that one awesome. like I, when you when you when you get to see it um i'll let you know when it's going to come out there i really had a good time with it because and it was very challenging for me because it's not in my language at all <laughs> i really have to dig deep for this one like it's so i hope i hope it comes it comes across uh and people enjoy watching it because uh, I, I had a very good entourage of actors around me that helped along with the build building of this character coming up Oh no, yeah. no, Don, it's gonna be great for sure. It's gonna be great for sure. But uh yeah, and then and then this one more question. So uh so what happened with uh with with, with target number well, suspect or target number uh, one? Well, I want to say congratulations to all of them. They did very well at the box office. They made over a million dollars, which is a very big achievement for a Quebec film. Uh mm -hmm. what happened with Target number one? I mean the I filmed the uh, great scenes with uh, Antoine Olivier and uh I mean what are you gonna do? It gets gets put on the cutting room floor. It happens. It happens. It happens to the best of us. Uh, but that's okay. You know, I still uh, enjoyed. I'm still part of that film. I still enjoyed being in the movie. Uh, the experience I had on set was phenomenal. Uh, working with Daniel Roby was was great. He's an amazing director. 
and uh, I, I wish them very, and I'm happy that they, they've got a lot of success with it as well because it was over, all not only released here, it was released in the States as well. It was picked up mm -hmm. by, uh, I think it was uh, Universal Pictures was the uh, global was the global distributor for them. So it's, awesome. now it's on digital. Yeah, it's on digital download along with Seville films on digital download. So I'm very happy for them that they, uh, they're getting successful. And it's a good story because it is a true yeah. story that needed to be heard. And I'm happy yeah. that it was brought out to the big screen. Yeah. You know, the gentleman's yeah, no. life was, uh, he had a hard life. I mean, uh, framed. Yeah. Spent life in Thai prison. You know, had to go through the, uh, the ringer being in there. And when I had spoken to the real gentleman, uh, um, Alain uh, Olivier, he said to me, he goes, I asked him, I said, how did you, every day, how did you survive? Like, what, what did you do? He goes, listen, when I went to bed, I closed my eyes. When I woke up, when the sun was up, I knew I survived another day. I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. That's, Jesus, there's nothing to I, say to that, you know? And he's a super nice guy. Oh, no, I, I could imagine, because I saw that movie, and I'm like, whew, wow, that was... Very powerful, very powerful film. It was a powerful film, and you know? it was one of the first films that came to theaters after the first wave. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, like, man, but you know what? It, it, I find it's a movie that needs to be told way more than once. So I, like, I, like, I hope it comes back to theaters because it needs to be shown because it's a powerful yeah. story. But, uh, well, Montreal yeah. is Montreal. I mean, Quebec is producing a lot of a lot of great films, and now there's uh, we have we have very good technology here too. With Mel's they opened up a new uh, section of, of on the sound studio. Um, it's uh, it's something to be, you know, it's going to wow everybody in the film industry. And, uh, we're talking about on the big leagues, and uh, I, I personally still still think we have the best talent cast and crew around. Um, we have so much diverse people and they're multi multicultural, multi-language. They can converse with anybody, you know, uh, globally on a global level. And uh, being Canadian, eh? We're nice people. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> as they say, we're nice yeah. people. Um, and I think that uh, it's just going to get better from here, you know, hopefully that uh, we crossed. get ahead of this pandemic uh, COVID-19. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but uh, man, only time will tell, I guess. Huh? <laughs> time will tell, like I said, it's a flip of a coin. Every day we get up, it's we see what's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, do you have anything else you want to add, uh, Dominic? No. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always it's always fun uh, being on these uh, the podcast too, uh, Claudio. Uh, we have a good time. See, like an hour went by, it didn't seem like an hour. Just oh. goes by quickly. Hey, hey, you know what? Thank you for 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 being on, and thank you for accepting this, uh, Dom. You're, no, you're no, really my pleasure, my pleasure. We we're here to promote each other and uh, help each everybody out along along the way. You know, thank you. That's just the way thank it is. Exactly, exactly. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been uh, actor Dominic De Rosa. He was in Mafia Inc. You could catch him on Bark Skins. And uh, you know what? He's gonna come out with other projects that are in the works that he can't talk about now. And uh, this is where we leave off. Uh, everybody who tuned in, Los Tabarnacos, Mel, Freedom Fighter, uh -huh. Raul, and everybody on Facebook, thank you very much for tuning in. Tomorrow night, it's going to be a Dirty Four episode uh, 21 with the Los Tabarnacos podcaster, Max Pitt. And folks, have a safe night. 
We're all going to get through this together. And before you know it, we're all going to get back to partying and having our normal lives back. So uh, Dirty Floor, see you tomorrow night. Thank you, Dominic. And thank You're you, very welcome. Good night, everybody. Good night. Ciao. Be safe.